Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris. <sighs> hey, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, buddy. What's going on? How do I get on a float? Ah, that's a good question, my friend, because it's float season. Yeah, you've seen these parades, right? They're flashing them all over TV. Floats Mm. going all over town. I don't even need Jordan to get on a float float. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to be in the Rose Parade. Mm -hmm. I just want to be in the Highland Park Christmas Parade. And I think for that, all you have to do is, is rent a convertible. Like just from Avis, yeah. just rent a convertible Mustang, you know, pay the extra $30, rent the Mustang and join the parade. It's not a, not really a float though, is it? No. I don't know. I just like, you see these floats, right? And they're covered in people and you've never even so heard many. of some of these assholes. Yeah. Some of these people are just a comp troller. Yeah. Or somebody who works for like, you know, Westinghouse. Yeah. Or it's just Ronald Mc, the the real Ronald McDonald, but he's not wearing his makeup, so you can't even see that it's <laughs> the famous clown. You know what I mean? It just looks like some dickhead with giant feet. Yeah, right. It smells like fries. Yeah. Exactly. So if that asshole, if yeah, makeup free Ronald McDonald gets to ride around on the float, waving to everybody like King Jordan, shit. He yeah. goes by he goes by Ron when he's not wearing the makeup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ron McDonald. Yeah. Um. So if this guy gets to just cruise around, you know. Sometimes people recognize him, mostly from the movie Mac and Me. Right. <laughs> uh, where he had a small cameo. Yeah. Without the makeup. Yeah, he had a cameo without the makeup, and then he did the Ronald McDonald thing the rest of the movie. Fun. Well, that's a fun look behind the scenes of uh, the great movie Mac and Me. He also choreographed the dance sequence. That's kind of what they're... Uh, because, you know, they have that new Mario movie, but it's going to be Chris Pratt. The guy who does mm-hmm. Mario's woohoos is <laughs> getting to do like that kind. It's getting to do like, oh, small voice. Like he's not Mario, but Charles Martinet, <laughs> the guy who has done he Mario's. to do other parts. Of yeah, I don't know exactly what he's going to be. You know, a, a Goomba or a Koopa Troopa. All I really know, all I really know about that Mario movie mm-hmm. We'll get back to something important, floats, in a minute. That's the primary topic. You remember that game Mario Sunshine? Mm -hmm. That's the Mario game that I have the most passion for the uh, canon. Right. And by the canon, I just mean that when he would like spray something, it would say, shine get. I mean, if that's that's not in the movie, are you going to declare your childhood ruined? No, I'm going to paintball Chris Pratt's house. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, see, you know what? That's pro- it's proactive. All these people who are mad about reboots, they're just complaining online, you know, doxing people, review bombing Rotten Tomatoes. They need to go out there with the paintball guns and paintball the houses of the people they're mad, they're mad at. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold. Hold on. I do not want Kristen Wiig's house to get paintballed. Too That's late. Not There's already 30 guys heading over to Kathleen Kennedy's. <laughs> and they all had paintball guns ready, <laughs> is the thing. They all had them. I do not want Ryan Johnson's house to get paintballed. The premise that I'm arguing uh-huh. for here 
is if you're mad that one of these reboots ruined your childhood, you paintball Chris Pratt's house. Oh, oh it's as so simple it's okay. as that. So this one, we just happen to have been talking about him for Mario, but just any any reboot. Yeah, if you go and see Jason Reitman's whatever it's called, Ghostbusters Evangelion. Yeah, and it ruins your childhood. Then you go to Chris Pratt's house and paint paintball it. So if like the Willow Disney Plus series, yeah, fails to meet your expectations, do not paintball Warwick Davis. <laughs> No, who would paintball Warwick Davis? That guy's a charmer. Yeah. He used to run an, an agency and management company for little people in show business. Oh, he seems like a cool guy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a cool guy. He's good at acting. He's good in Willow. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but those, yeah, Chris Pratt's house. Yeah. That's where All I'm right, focused. Look out so let's get back to yeah. let's get back to floats. How you get on though? How do you get on those? I mean, want to get all up first on thinking, those, Jesse. I want to get my first all thinking, up on those floats. Wave to the people. Have you considered? And this isn't a pitch. Mm-hmm. It's just an. It's just an offer for a, for a, something to consider. Is what if you became a middle manager at the Prudential? Yeah, that seems like a good. It seems like a good first step. Yeah, is that the shortest way? Could you work at a local bank? You could probably work at a local bank. Yeah. Who gets on the float though? It just like a teller. Mm, I don't know. How do you look in a stretchy dress shirt? Like a dress shirt with a little stretch in it, a non-iron, slightly stretchy white dress shirt. I look amazing. Are you ready for that? Amazing. You look great. Yeah. Okay. Well, then you're in. You're yes. you're hired. Oh, man, float yeah. here I come. What do you think? 2024. I'm on that float. If I go tomorrow, I don't think you have to. No, 2022. Really? Yeah. You gotta you gotta work your way up because you're starting as a teller. Now you have a college education. A lot of those tellers don't. I think you have a facility with numbers. We all know that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's, if this podcast has proven one thing, <laughs> you're good at computers, Jordan. That I know my fives from my sixes. So I think you're gonna, I think you're gonna rock it into mid management, but I think it's gonna take eighteen months. So that's why I would get started now, and then hit the mm-hmm. float in just a minute. Or great, okay, just put on the fucking polo shirt, jump on the float, and see if anybody kicks you off. Yeah, that seems maybe more sensible. Yeah. Or just be in charge of the flowers committee. You know how those Rose Bowl flowers, uh, it takes a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Just volunteer for the committee and you're in. Oh, I think I would, I don't know that I would do good with the flower handling. I have um, have clumsy fingers. (laughs) I think I would crush all those delicate little You're more of a computer guy. (laughs) By the way, before we started recording, I crushed a few buds. Hell yeah. (laughs) Should we introduce our guests on the show, Jordan? Yes. Maybe they got float ideas. We're doing important work, Pulitzer Committee. Uh, Our guests on the program, they are co-hosts of the Probably Science podcast. They are comics. They're well-known charmers. Who knows? Maybe they're good with numbers. Matt Kirshen and Andy Wood. Hi, Matt and Andy. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, I I, I feel kind of guilty because I I, I didn't realize that was your biggest aspiration to be in on a float. it is. It's my it's my biggest aspiration. Once it happens, I can die. Mm-hmm. I might even like at the end of the parade jump off the float and get crushed by it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or just shed your old skin and be born anew. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> videodrome style. <laughs> so so here's where I feel bad because I didn't realize that this yeah. was. I didn't realize it was such a sort of privilege because I don't. I you may be able to tell from my accent. I didn't grow up in this country. I didn't grow up in a in a float based culture. 
We don't okay. We don't value floats. You guys are more into savory pies. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's our biggest thing. We'll we will mm-hmm. absolutely watch savory pies travel past us, and we will cheer. Oof. <laughs> I would love that's to ride around in one of those. <laughs> that's what they do every year at Thanksgiving, Jordan. I don't mean to England splain you. Here <laughs> yep. Thanksgiving, when we have our Thanksgiving, uh, yeah. <laughs> the thing, pies drive the around. Thing we have. <laughs> pies, pies Thank travel goodness, around. Thank goodness our pies are savory. That's what they say to each other. <laughs> and, and, and Andy will know this because Andy's been a friend for many years and we've podcast together. And I've told, I guess I just mentioned this in passing. I, again, I didn't realize I was gloating. I didn't realize I was bigging this up. But when I first came to LA, um, you know, you just meet some people and every someone might become, uh, you know, a bit of a mentor to you. You don't realize how valuable they are in the industry, but you just go like, oh, this person's taken a shine to me. And when I first, one of the first people I met when I came to LA was a- Can I guess, Matt? Go on. USC running back Reggie Bush. Very close. Um, <sighs> I mean, also, to be honest, I may have met that person and not realized it. <laughs> keep your eyes out for enormous thighs yeah that's the way to spot any running back jesse jesse i'm two steps ahead of <laughs> but but one of the first people i met who took me very much under his wing was a uh giant inflatable snoopy uh a, oh. uh, a, a massive helium filled snoopy and, yeah. and you know he gave me some good advice came to a few shows the outdoor ones mostly and uh, mm-hmm. and just I got a hook up to be in a parade, and I just I, I guess I just didn't realize that was a big deal. I was just like, okay, I guess this is just yeah. a way to get about in New York. Uh, Matt, I feel like that's a really that's a really hard way to find out how many people in show business are just completely fucking delusional. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you know? And I don't mean to be cynical. Like, obviously, you know, you're like a funny guy, and like Snoopy, sorry, giant inflatable Snoopy <laughs> yeah. saw you, and yeah. you know, it's like, oh, this kid's got talent, but. I mean, was it a situation where he expected something in return? Yep. Oh, okay. I see what you're asking. I see what you're asking. And and no, every so often I had to reinflate him. But <laughs> <laughs> through the dick. <laughs> but that's I, I I just took that as just that's what friends do for each other. Can I ask a question to you guys? Yeah. You know the giant inflatable Snoopy that's in parades and stuff. Yeah. You were just talking about it, Matt. Would it would it be worse if it had a giant dick on it or if it had a little small dick? <laughs> like a really small dick. Like you could see it, but just, it's little. Just for clarity, Jesse, um worse worse yeah. for whom? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, let's, I mean let's let's for America, I, don't, I guess. I don't I don't think <laughs> we need to talk about it in these negative terms. Right. Let's 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 say what's better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, what first you... we have to answer the age-old question that Charles Schultz never did, which is what color is Snoopy's dick? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, he was a deeply religious man and refused to <laughs> refused to let us know what color Snoopy's dick is. You have to go. You have to assume uh, red, it's red. I mean, yeah, the coward Schultz. <laughs> Every time they ask, he just said he had to pray on it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's spelled P-R-E-Y. I need to spend some time in the word. <laughs> and the Lord will tell me what color Snoopy's dick is. Oh. I mean, Bill Waterston wasn't afraid to show us Hobbes' dick. Like, Thank that, you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's practically all he drew. Andy, he was a secular humanist. Right. So. 
<laughs> I mean, Bill Watterson's whole thing was just different stuff that Calvin pissed on. You know what right? I mean? Yeah. The like, dude was dude was fucking obsessed deal. with cranks. <laughs> this guy was. Dude. I mean, gee whiz. <laughs> he was two things. Gee whiz with this guy. Bill Watterson was three things. I'm sorry. A secular humanist. Right. Obsessed with cranks. Yep. And he just hated Chevys. He just hated it. <laughs> this guy hated Chevys. You know what? In the words of my greatest mentor, mm-hmm. Kathy, ack! Yeah. <laughs> ack! Thank God it's not swimsuit season for another six months is all I have to say. Ooh, tell me about Thank it. You very much. Tell me about it. Thank you. <laughs> well, for richer or for poorer. And, yes. <laughs> well, Mallard Fillmore. <laughs> well, allow me to add Mallard Fillmore. <laughs> <laughs> the politics duck. Yes, the, the, the conservative duck. <laughs> um, so I, I think that guy went insane and became a Nazi. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder what Mallard's up to now. He probably has some good takes. <laughs> <laughs> He's a regular on Ben Shapiro. Yeah. He radicalized Dilbert, apparently. Um, <laughs> Is that Dilbert guy still out there doing weird shit? Have anybody checked on Dilbert guy all the fucking time? Yeah, I got got a friend who's kind of been lost to the cult of him. Um, Oh no! I hope she doesn't listen to this. I mean, delightful person. Is her name Dogbert? But yeah, I guess one of his things. He's also, I think, I I don't want to misrepresent Scott Adams, but I think he's into like neuro linguistic programming and or hypnotism. So I don't know if yeah. his if his YouTube videos will put you in, in some kind of trance or something, but um, yeah, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of really bad takes. Mm. Andy, can I ask you something about your friend's hair? Uh huh. Is it triangular in shape? That's <laughs> <laughs> all I remember yes. about Dilbert. We've gotten to the end of the things that I remember about yep. Dilbert. <laughs> Nothing but bad news on the Dilbert front. Yeah. Did you guys have a favorite? Do they? Okay, I'm going to start with you, Matt. Yeah. Do they even have newspaper comic strips in the UK? Is that a thing? They do. They do. And we have some of the same ones, but also some different ones. Like, we'll, Oh, all right. Which ones cross the pond? So we'll have a Garfield. They'll, they'll, you know, there'll be a Garfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think one newspaper ran Calvin and Hobbes. I'm not sure. We didn't really have Kathy. And then there are, and then there are some, yeah, there's a bunch of other ones, including the absolutely baffling Fred Bassett. Which what is that? That is that's in in the Daily Mail, and Fred Bassett is a Bassett hound, and over the course of three or four squares, he will say the mildest thing that'll make a grandparent slightly smile. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's muddy outside. Right. That's that's a Fred Bassett punchline. <laughs> Man, for so for so many years, I have been pitching my old boss. I used to work on this show called West Coast Live in San Francisco. Now, now no longer being produced, but my old boss Sedge, who was the host of that show, he had been like a classical. He was a wonderful host. Had been the classical music announcer and had like the most incredible sonorous voice, like just a gorgeous ten out of ten voice on Sedge Thompson. And for years, like the first four years probably that we did Jordan Jesse Go, back when we used to do things and try, um, I tried to convince Sedge to do a segment on the show 
that was just him describing what happened in a family circus. Just describing <laughs> the things that happened in the frame of a single family circus. I never managed to get him to do it. That's my white whale, guys. Yeah. I want to hear John Houseman say, not me. <laughs> um, I was just searching for some Fred Bassett cartoons while you were talking. And yeah. um, he, he, let me example? just, here's one. Uh, this is a three-frame Fred Bassett. And he, he's waking up in the first frame in his dog bed. And he's, he's sort of up on two of his four paws. And he says, and his thought bubble says, I'm up with a little yawn next to him. Yeah. And then the second frame, he's kind of like shaking his head a little. So far, so good, man. I love it this far. Yep. And then in the third frame, he's like half walking out of his dog bed. He still has his rear legs in the bed, but his front paws outside of the dog bed. And the third thought bubble, and let's remember the first bit said, I'm up. Uh, and mm-hmm. then there was no no thought bubble in the second. And then the third one says, but not quite running. <laughs> um, he's still moving slow, Andy. Oh, I'm gonna go paintball Chris Pratt's house. <laughs> so bad. You fucking ruined Fred Bassett for me. Mm. So that that's Fred Bassett there. That's that's the height of British comedy. Wow. What amazes me, I think, in the in the newspaper comic strips, and I look, I haven't looked at an actual newspaper uh, other than like maybe sometimes at the airport you buy the. Mm-hmm. The New York Times for the airplane. Like, other than that, I, I don't think I've looked at an actual newspaper in, in 10 years. But the the serial, the narrative newspaper comic strips are more amazing to me than even that one comic strip that only runs in the sports section. Like, even that one less amazing than the than the strictly narrative comic strips You're talking about like prince, prince valiant. valiant yeah but there's a couple more is someone or other md right Rex morgan Marcus? md oh yeah, yeah thank you i was yeah. always the thing and i loved reading the newspaper comics as a kid like you know sitting down with you know like when mom was reading the paper i was like i'm reading the paper too you know that, <laughs> yeah. loved that as a kid that was Ooh. before you moved on to the to the bridge challenge right yeah <laughs> Before I discovered Sudoku, um, mm-hmm. uh, and I would read the calendar section sometimes too. Um, sure, but yeah, so I would like. So I loved, but the thing, the most mind blowing thing to me was how bad the Spider Man comic sucked. Like, and I wasn't <laughs> yes. following it. Like, so I wasn't. But just, I'm like, oh, what? Oh, there's a what? There's. I don't, nothing happened in that. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that was the most, cause like Spider-Man rules, but why does this suck? This is about Spider, like it, it is, never is makes Is there one where he me. says, I'm up, but not quite swinging? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <man>. yeah. <laughs> I wonder who wrote the Spider-Man comic. Like, do you think it was a licensed product where like UPI or whatever, mm. Uh, I don't think you. I don't think United Press International is the one that distributed the comic strips. Agence France Press, Der Spiegel, whoever it was that uh, uh, the International Herald Tribune, um, whoever it was that distributed the comics, just paid five thousand dollars at some point. One of the times when Marvel was going out of business, uh, just paid five thousand dollars, got the rights to to make a comic strip of Spider Man, and somebody just had their friend do it. <laughs> or 
What do you think? It was just the last thing Stan Lee did in his work week. Oh, shit. I got to turn out some. (laughs) Bring the Benzedrine. Let's do this. If you were to just stack all of those daily Spider-Man, let's say, comics, would they form something approaching a readable comic book? Or were they kind? I, I didn't read those kinds specifically, so I don't remember if they... Is it just that they couldn't get enough story in, but if you got to the next weeks, maybe there was no, I a think, continuation? That was... I think what they actually are is if you stack them vertically, you get uh, secret messages to CIA agents stationed around the world. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Spider-Man keep saying Epsilon 49? Assassinate Castro? <laughs> okay. All right. Oh man, when they when they made that animated Spider-Man movie, the the only uh Spider-Man I really had ever read was the comic strip and I saw that movie. Next thing you know, I'm on my way to Chris Pratt's house with a fucking paintball gun. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, guys? Jesus. Why did that make sense? <laughs> <laughs> Why was that easy to follow? <laughs> <laughs> Beginning, middle, and end? No, thank you. <laughs> what what happened in Prince Valiant? Did he just get the famous haircut? <laughs> it's just a hair prep. Is that also a dick piercing? What am I thinking of? <laughs> <laughs> I think What's the is. dick? There's something like a Prince the Valiant Prince, that's a dick. Prince Albert. Prince Albert. Yeah, Prince Albert. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'd be funnier if it was a Prince Valiant. <laughs> <laughs> Named after the famous sardine, Andy? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, why is... It, I, I can tell you, actually, okay. supposedly, I, I think, apocryphally why, this was related to P- Prince Albert, the consort of Queen Victoria, the love of her life, mm. who were, I believe, at least one of the stories, the apocryphal versions, is it's something like uh, the piercing enables him to then tie his penis or attach his penis to one side of his trouser so that it stays in place. Because we all know that's uh-huh. the way to keep a penis in place. Right. Wow. Yeah. But I can tell you it's named after him. That's a big problem in uh, tailoring. Right. There's a story that, like, if you get your suit made on Savile Row, this is this is not a joke. This is a real thing. That if, that if you get your suit made on Savile Row, they ask you which side you dress, mm-hmm. which means where you put, which side you put your dick on. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to me like you'd have have to have such a monster schlong for that to be a big, like a worthy consideration. Like that you need one leg with more room. Yeah, to give you extra dick space. But like, first of all, you'd, you'd have to have your, you got to have your inseam cutting up on your nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first issue. Then you have to have a crank both so long and so wide <laughs> that it's causing pants problems with not with blue jeans, with, you know, tailored pants. So like a Snoopy-sized crank? Yeah. <laughs> like a little Snoopy. No, a big crank. one. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it's little. I don't, think we, I don't think we ever figured out whether or not what, what would be the best size for Snoopy's dick on the balloon, should the balloon <laughs> ever be anatomically correct. It's a, it's a little pokey. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesse, you're, you're an expert in menswear. You have a sideline in, in the whole clothing world. Yeah, please do your Christmas shopping at PutThisOnShop.com. Go ahead, Matt. Well, my understanding is, in the world of high-end bespoke tailoring, 
every part of like it's not like made to measure suiting where they just kind of measure your, your main bits and then they kind of work from a pattern this is like everything is made to accommodate exactly you like exactly your posture if you have a slight slouch they accommodate that if one shoulder slightly higher than the so surely sh surely if you if you're hoping for the perfect trouser like the ideal made for no one but you trouser you would want a slightly extra accommodation on the on the penis side Whichever way it's hanging, like you'd want like a tiny, just just a tiny bit of extra material, like a bit of horsehair in there to give it some shape. Yeah, just and just like you know, the seam just a tiny bit further over, just so that it sits, it it, it drapes over you. It but when people look at it and go like that was made for your dick, that wasn't just like a generic dick pattern that they've approximated. This is you. Have the three of you ever had the thought, I, I got to do something about these pants and my dick? <laughs> I mean, I does that kinda, ever come up? For I kind of like it when it's crushed up against the zipper. <laughs> so <laughs> crush it, Daddy, is what you say to the zipper. <laughs> Who doesn't love the feeling of cold dick on hot zipper? Huh? <laughs> See, that might be the issue. Is maybe in this world of, of bespoke tailoring, you're also expected not to wear underwear. And if the thing's tight enough, I guess you don't want the seam. Like I'm just picturing any '70s. Uh, footage of a of a rock concert. Like, look at any Led Zeppelin right. footage. You will see which side Robert Plant dresses to. That jean meat is undeniable, <laughs> and it's never it's never symmetrical. It's definitely all the twig and berries on one side of the seam. Not yeah, that I've I mean, spent that much time looking. You just can't not look when Robert Plant is. Uh, yeah. If anything, you would want custom. You would want the customization done to your boxer briefs. Yeah, to guide it to one side if you want that side. I guess. Yeah. Now how you get? Oh, is this right up there against that hot zip? Yeah, Jesse, if you're <laughs> stuffing it into boxer briefs, how are you gonna feel that little kiss of the zip? <laughs> Ooh, it's me, the hot zip. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. This show is supported, of course, by the members of MaximumFun.org. You cradle us like a Nice pair of boxer briefs, I would guess I would say. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful image. I mean, sir, like briefs, just regular briefs could also be supportive. Yeah, or depending on your preference. Sports bra? Sure. That also supports. The point is MaximumFun.org slash join is where you can do that. We're also supported this week by the folks at Manscaped. And, you know, the folks at Manscaped, they support uh, a clean and carefully shorn intimate area or body hairs. Yeah. Manscaped makes products to groom your balls, butt, and body. That's right. The three Bs, Manscaped, will help you keep those uh, looking nice. Uh, if you need a stocking stuffer this year, if you need a white elephant gift, uh, Manscaped is a great choice. Here's something you can get from them, the Performance Package 4.0, which is at the top of every man's wish list this year. 
Inside, you'll find their Lawn Mower Body Trimmer, the best trimmer on the market for your ball's button body, and the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Jordan, can I tell you something? You may. A lot of people out there have to get holiday gifts. Mm -hmm. A lot of people out there have uh, white elephants and Yankee swaps. Yep. A lot of people are stuffing stockings. Yep. This is the perfect gift. It is. You open up one of these at the at the White Elephant, you know what everybody's going to say? Look at this thing that's funny, and I actually want it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing about Manscaped. Uh, yes, this stuff, uh, they've, they've got a sense of humor with their uh, advertising and their naming conventions, but it really genuinely works, and it works great. Uh I use it. Yeah. It's 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 fun. It's effective. You can use this stuff in the shower. Um, yeah, totally awesome. A great a great marriage of humor and function. And you can get twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code JJGO. That's manscaped.com. Code JJGO. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. We're also supported by the folks at Imperfect foods now jordan i hate going to the grocery store it's too much hassle it's the pits. i'd rather stay home stay safe and get some tiny pears in the mail from imperfect foods but you know a lot of people think jordan imperfect foods is just unusually small pears no it's not yeah they think all they're doing is reducing food waste certainly it's admirable to reduce food waste but they think that's all they're doing when they order from imperfect foods when in fact they're also getting delicious specialty snack products yeah absolutely uh, imperfect foods you can just use in lieu of a trip to the grocery store yeah they're gonna they're gonna ship you that great uh, slightly oblong produce um, that's great for the mm-hmm. environment it reduces food waste but they've also got deli stuff they've got pantry stuff. Uh, some great dried fruit. I love their banana nubbins. Try the nubbins. That's my recommendation. That's always your recommend. People are bored of that recommendation. You said the same thing last week about Manscaped. L- listen, there's a lot of different nubbins, okay? <laughs> there's a lot of nubbins out there, and I just want people to know about the nubbins. Um, Imperfect Foods, it's awesome. They've got great stuff. To be clear, last week you were also talking about the banana nubbins. Yeah, okay, all right. So maybe I oh, listen, I got nubbins on the brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to satisfy your appetite for not just nubbins, but also great sustainable groceries and delicious pantry staples right now imperfect foods is offering our listeners 20 percent off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use promo code jjgo again 20 percent off your first four orders that's up to an 80 dollar value at imperfectfoods.com offer code jjgo imperfectfoods.com and use jjgo we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Andy Wood, left dresser. <laughs> Matt Kirshen, I'm prepared for the nickname. Oh, man. We just told you about it, Matt. Oh, Get your that act was what together, it was about? Dude. No, that's just... <laughs> yeah. uh... You were just thinking about pants and dicks. Yeah. I yeah. understand. Matt was, that's fine. Matt was trying to <laughs> suss out the, the secret CIA code. <laughs> <laughs> now he's off to assassinate Castro. <laughs> <laughs> 
I watched too many Scott Adams uh, videos, and I don't know, my, my, <laughs> my, my vision went all squiggly. I started eating onions that tasted like oranges to me. I don't know. Everything's weird. <laughs> I was quacking like a duck and flapping my arms. All my coworkers were there. <laughs> It's in a conference room at a three and a half star hotel. Um, Matt, Andy, did either of you ever experience a piece of media, film, uh, television program, music, in just a profoundly inappropriate context? So we got onto this because my wife was shown The Shining at an eighth birthday party. <laughs> which really couldn't be more profoundly awful. Um, but like, have you ever, you know, uh, been at a work function and, you know, watched uh, one of those BET uncut rap videos accidentally, something like that? Oh, wait, not not necessarily that it was too early, but just wrong time, wrong place for this meeting. Wrong time, wrong place. It could be too early. It could be, uh, you know, when you're, when you're at the bank and you're wearing your little stretchy white shirt she's a little stretchy five percent lycra yeah just five percent you know what three percent it's all you need you know you don't need to go whole hog on this just enough to get on the float (laughs) (laughs) float me baby you say (laughs) i feel like one or two percent that's that's at best orange freeze territory Mm -hmm. gotta kick it up to float with five i remember like on just like a car trip um, I had a friend with me who like was the first kid I knew that had like a big CD collection. Like he was oh, yeah. early to collecting music or I think his like big sister was like a big music fan. So he got a lot of like secondhand, like hand-me-down CDs. So he would like, when we would drive him around, he would always bring, you know, those Case Logic wallets filled with CDs. I was going to guess like a Duran Duran album from 1992. Yeah, no. So I think he was the first kid who had like, you know, Smashing Pumpkins that I knew. Um, Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms kid. Yeah. uh, And I remember him. So he would like bring it and like ask my mom to like put on some of the CDs that he had when like we were driving him around. And I remember she put on, he put on, she put on like the best of the violent femmes. (laughs) <laughs> and there was a song about, like, the Violent Femmes, like, you know, you kind of, if you don't, like, know their body of work, you're like, oh, they they have those kind of, like, you know, 80s, like, prom songs. But, like, they had a hit about a farmer throwing his daughter in a well. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, in particular, like, upset It's called my, my Heart Will Go On. Right. And I think that my mom, like, afterwards, like, sat me down and said, like, do we need to have a talk with Mike's parents about this music that he's listening to? Anyway. Wow. We- she was she was ready to extend it beyond the borders of your family. Yeah, yeah. She's just concerned. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of you know, Tipper Gore was out there. Yeah. You know, next thing you know. Shaking her ass on MTV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Barely wearing any goddamn thing. Yeah. Just to be provocative. Yeah, I mean, I've got the sort of, you know, watching horror movies too young. You know, we definitely did the Stephen King's It TV adaptation when we were too young. Uh, yeah. And a few others on, like, sleepover birthdays. I also remember I somehow ended up 
on a church skiing trip to Scotland when I was a teenager, despite not being a Christian or a member of that church, because because my friend's dad was the vicar, and I guess someone dropped out last minute, so then he was like, do you want to go? Uh, and I remember someone in that car journey had Jagged Little Pill, uh, mm. the uncut version, and then realized <laughs> halfway through, yeah, halfway through, you ought to know that, like, just try to, like, cough over the fuck you. <laughs> well, I assumed I assumed it was the theater fellatio. That was yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The theater fellatio as well. Sure. There was definitely. Yeah. Would she go down on you? Would she <laughs> <laughs> in a, in a theater, in a, what in a theater, Matt, can I ask you a question? Yes. Do all experiences in an English youth involve a vicar blushing? <laughs> definitely. Yeah, the, 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 the main purpose of the Church of England is to maintain and subvert societal norms. <laughs> the only thing that will stop a vicar from blushing is that dog comic. So that's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they... But basically, yeah, the, the, the main thing a vicar does is they shake hands with people as they leave church and they they happen to be walking past whenever someone's trousers awkwardly fall down, <laughs> revealing flowery boxer shorts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My word. <laughs> oh, the vicar. <laughs> is that a constable chasing an ape? <laughs> Anyway, we asked our audience about this, and uh, somebody called in. What what do you got there, Brian? Why don't you hit play? All right, Jordan, Jesse, go. How's it going? Uh, This is Mike from Illinois. So I'm calling in about inappropriate media and viewing. I would say we were about seven, maybe eight years old back in the 80s, latchkey kids. And we're hanging out with uh, friends of ours, and their grandpa had rented Alice in Wonderland. And apparently, somehow there was a mix-up at the video store, and he left. And it ended up being the Marilyn Chambers porn version of Alice in Wonderland <laughs> that a bunch of eight- and nine-year-olds watched. <laughs> and the second inappropriate media I have Wait, is... hold on, Brian. Pause this. What did they think? Like... I want to know. It's not just that they saw. I want to know if they liked it. That's you know, and I think that's that kind of hilarious mix-up is just going to be lost. You know, just going to be lost to time because we are not doing porno versions of popular entertainment anymore. Right. Well, they're also not yeah. doing the the video store, so you know, you're not going to yeah. have. I also want to know. Uh, who got the other tape and how far into the non-porno version did they get before they... <laughs> oh yeah. Right? There's another there's another half of this story. <laughs> and like any second now this is going to take a turn. I mean I I appreciate their commitment to story. My wife worked at a video store when I first started dating her. When we were 17, I think, and she had worked there for quite a while and they definitely rented porn. Like 100%, she knew all of the local men who went to the video store to rent pornography because they would return it. Like it was a small video store. You know what I mean? Like it was like a local video store. It's not like she worked at Hollywood Video. She worked down at the corner at the video store and just dudes had to return their pornography to a 16-year-old girl (laughs) 
Fucking video stores were weird. <laughs> Plus they had that bead curtain. Those are creepy. Yeah. Those curtains. I, I have also remembered that uh, at school, our teacher showed us the Polanski version of Macbeth, which... <laughs> oh, yeah. You got some topless witches in that, don't there's, you? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely... That should not have been shown to a room of 16-year-olds. <laughs> yeah. Matt, I was going to say, I have a surprisingly similar... I can't believe you said ski trip because my story was also ski trip related. Uh, my family and I were going up to, I think, um, Boyne Highlands in northern Michigan. And... Um, we got to the house where we were staying and there was a TV VCR, but only like one or two VHS tapes. And none of us had heard of this movie. So we popped it in. I just Googled it. It's a 1986 British American erotic thriller called half moon street. that stars Sigourney Weaver and Michael Caine. And (laughs) I would have been 10. My little brother would have been six, my older brother 12. And we're all watching. And then suddenly Sigourney Weaver is uh, topless on a stationary bike. And we're all wondering what we're <laughs> supposed to do now. If we're supposed to like avert our eyes or just <laughs> act like this is normal. We're watching Sigourney Weaver naked with our family. This is how adults exercise. <laughs> to this day, you cannot come without a stationary bike. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Peloton. Am I right? <laughs> Wait, Andy, does Kane hang dong in it? I don't think it's that. It's a uh, it's a respectable. I'm trying to see whether it was well received by critics here on Wikipedia. Uh, no, I don't think there's any dog hanging. I think we didn't finish it. I think not too long after the uh, topless Sigourney, um, it was it was uh, taken out and not not spoken of again. Sure. Your dad said, "I'm not sticking around for Michael Caine's little pokey." <laughs> Gonna watch this Charlie Brown Christmas special. <laughs> Brian, is there a rest of that call? And the second inappropriate media I have is uh, I'm hanging out with a couple friend of mine and their mom, and we're going, we're driving to do some shopping and stuff like that. And the couple, uh, our stag vixen hot wife couple, and apparently the girl had had a video sent to her of her having sex with a gentleman friend of theirs. And she pressed play, not really thinking about it, and it went over the Bluetooth. So her mom got to hear the girl screaming out in pleasure for about 15 seconds while she was freaking out trying to turn it off. (laughs) It was the greatest car ride of my life. (laughs) Now, Matt, the piece that you're missing here is the mom is a vicar. Right. (laughs) Oh, no. So she was as red as a beet. (laughs) The one day she's coming to tea. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, I don't, it, it, like you see, like this is such a like bad comedy trope of the like thing, like since comedies learned that the internet existed, like there's the trope right. of the like embarrassing thing playing and then someone not knowing how to turn it off. Like, yeah, you know how to, t- do you not know how to turn something off? <laughs> Everyone knows how to turn something off. Like, I, you could turn something off quickly if it got that far. I mean, I could see a few seconds of fucking playing over the Bluetooth, but I don't know. Is that a, possibly a new type of, of cuckoldry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, taking it to the max? <laughs> Right, yeah. It's just everyone everyone involved is is horny. I hope, you know, maybe you know, maybe maybe mom's in on it. Maybe mom 
feigns <laughs> shock. Or just the whole thing only works if it goes out over Bluetooth. Right, yeah. You know that's, I mean? how like everybody, about that's how everybody the... finishes up. Yeah, I think p- people are just all about toothing these days. That's what the kids are going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You cheat. You play like a little bit of a vi- music video right. first as well, like so it's like a naughty yeah. Rick roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't use the Bluetooth, you're gonna get the blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jordan. No problem. That's just when what they say. I'm just saying what they say. <laughs> right. It's just something you've read on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at two zero six. By the way, if you have an inappropriate media experience 206-984-4-FUN or jjgo at maximumfun.org and if something momentous happens to you uh same deal uh like this person did and called with theirs momentous occasions by jordan jesse go hello jordan jesse and guest who is probably james cameron the creator of avatar close can you pause it brian this is fucking wild this is fucking unbelievable. A lot of people, this is like, this is going to be, you're not even going to believe this. We had James Cameron booked on the show. Matt and Andy were last minute replacements. This is, I'm just going to say it. Matt and Andy were last minute replacements. We had James Cameron booked on the show, uh, but he couldn't get the Wi-Fi in the Mariana Trench. <laughs> <laughs> is it Mariana's Trench? I don't mean to trench splay. I don't know. <laughs> Fuck if I know. I don't know about fuck. What do you think I am? James Cameron, the director of Avatar and Avatar 2 through 24. Uh, yeah, uh, He's been shooting for the last 20 years. Point of order. I believe I believe listener pronounced it Alvatar, which I, I think uh, an avatar that takes place on Melmac where you have to embody yeah. an elf body would be a much better sequel. What if just, what if this, it doesn't take place on Melmac, Alf isn't in it. But one of those fucking avatars, you know, the guys with the blue heads, what if one of those guys just <laughs> fucking eats a cat? Just yeah. real chill, just down the hatch. I have another like, pitch. Like, kill me. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jordan. What is it? Alvatar and the chipmunks. <laughs> uh, yeah. what, what happened to Alf, by the way? Because he was like everywhere for a while, and then he's just courageous sunk. Honestly, <laughs> Alf seems, when I think back to my memories, we've discussed, we've discussed visiting our memories of things. Mm-hmm. I've discussed this thing that I do where I'll, I've not seen something in 20 years and instead of rewatching it, I'll just think about what it was like then and try and figure out what I would think now. When I look back, Alf still seems pretty funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't want to bring this down. I know we're all laughing and yucking it up, but uh, Alf actually in 1996 was crushed by his own parade float. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Alf have a talk show for a while? Yeah, I, I think, think Alf had a daytime talk show, maybe. No, you're thinking of Joan Rivers. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Alf also did not pay his writers. <laughs> <laughs> Paid them in cats. <laughs> then eat these. <laughs> I think, I, I seriously, I think that the two celebrities that had talk shows where you're like surprised is Alf and Charles Grodin. Right. That's what I think I read that on a BuzzFeed listicle. Magic Johnson? Magic Johnson had that talk show for a while? Mm-hmm. Magic Johnson with Big Boy, Caroline Ray. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Chevy Chase had one. You know that, it's not Caroline Ray, it's, uh, what's the woman who had the daytime talk show for a while that was... Uh, Wendy Williams? 
Yeah, it was Wendy Williams. I was thinking of Wendy Williams. God, she's fucking funny. She's just got funny in her bones. Wendy Williams. Also eats cats. It's <laughs> <laughs> got cat bones in her bones. Yeah. Yeah, that, in her bones, it's cat bones. <laughs> Who's your top five daytime TV talk show host? They eat cats. Oh, <laughs> Number one, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. Number two, it's got to be Judge Judy, yeah. right? Number yeah. three, Montel, sure. all day, all night. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Judge Joe Brown, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Joe Brown. Man, that guy will pop a Siamese Ooh. down the hatch. That guy will snarf a tabby. <laughs> 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 number five is Wolf Blitzer. Yeah, Alf's not even <laughs> sometimes. Alf's top ten is not day. top five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's going on again, Brian? Calls wise, I don't remember. Avatar. Oh yeah, this Avatar. One. I don't care about the Go rest ahead. of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm calling in with a momentous occasion. I'm from Belarus, and after living in the United States for ten years. I got deported, and since I got back here, I was listening to your show every day. And it's really hard to get medicine out here. In order to get medicine, you have to go to a forest and find it geocaching style through Darknet, and it's really dangerous. So I scored some of that medicine, and something momentous happened. I brought it to a friend of mine, and we smoked, and me and her, um, we became part of a throuple um, with her husband, which was pretty amazing. And not only just a regular throuple, but all Belarusian-speaking throuple. As you know, as you might know, um, in Belarus, about 90% of population speak Russian. And so the fact that they both spoke Belarusian was really hot and pretty momentous for me. So this is my momentous occasion. Thank you so much for the show. I love you very much. Bye. Wow. This is a fucking incredible journey. If they make a movie about this, I'm on my way to Chris Pratt's house before I even watch the movie. <laughs> no way the movie will be as good. <laughs> Absolutely not. No fucking way. Okay, first of all, he's got to geocache his weed in Bel- in, in Belarus. Mm-hmm. Well, which, not, not just his mean, weed, also his medicine, he said. Yeah, he said medicine, Well, Jesse. I think, <laughs> I think might, he was, that might have been. I think it was a natural medicine, yeah. Matt. Huh. It was medicine to help him think of more Avatar movies. <laughs> this guy's blazing trees. Uh, you know Jimmy Cams was uh, smoking that dank when he came up with that fucked up shit. <laughs> do you think that all people who speak Belarusian also use, like, do you think the entire language has the delivery of Stephen Wright? <laughs> <laughs> It's their, their national drawl. Man, this rules. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about his his national... Pro- First of all, I'm so excited about just him getting deported and revealing nothing further about that. Mm-hmm. That is tremendous. Probably legally a good idea. Look, I used to work at an immigration law firm. I'm uh, We did deportation defense. Uh, I was I was proud to help file documents on behalf of people who were threatened with deportation. Uh, that said, I, I want to know what this guy did. That's number one. Number two, I love this guy's pride in his language. Mm. So many of these languages are dying across the world, and this guy is really fucking some life into the Belarusian language. Uh, <laughs> 
Number three, I like that he talked like Stephen Wright, but with a slight Belarusian accent. <laughs> uh, number four, it reminded me of that time that I was walking down the street and a guy rolled down his window and yelled, you Russian? Amazing. And you responded, no, I think. <laughs> you asked him to join. You went. asked him if he would be interested in a thruple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. May I join you and your wife in your relationship? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you are looking to like, you know, like spread your language, you know, getting into these types of relationships makes a lot of sense. You know, you could probably, mm-hmm. you know, blast out some more Belarusian speaking babies. I think that's why there's so many thruples among the indigenous peoples of the Americas. Right. Just trying to preserve those language groups. Beautiful. You know what I mean? There's not that many people who speak Quiche or Nahuatl. Mm-hmm. But if you can if you can thruple up, you fuck some life into it. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Two zero six nine eight four four fun or JJ Go at maximumfun.org. You can just send us a voice memo. Uh that's all. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. Well, Manolo. We have a show to promote. It's called Dr. Game Show. It's a family-friendly podcast where listeners submit games and we play them with callers from around the world. Oh, sounds good. New episodes uh, happen every other Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. It's a, it's a fast and loose oasis of absurd innocence and naivete. And Are you writing a poem? No, and just saying things from my memory. And uh, it's a nice break from reality. <laughs> Is that, are we allowed to say that? I don't know. It sounds bad. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. It does not. <laughs> Come for the games and stay for the chaos. La, 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 la. Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just got to share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Andy Wood, left dresser. Matt Kirshen, really trying to go better, one better on the whole catchphrase. Yeah. And, and you did it, baby. <laughs> Congratulations. Could have just called yourself the vicar. Could have just called yourself the vicar. It's as easy Meat as pie parade. Prince Albert was right there. Prince Albert. Yeah. <laughs> so what's, when people say Prince Albert in a can, is that a dick piercing in a can? No, no, it's tobacco. Yeah, it's a tobacco. There you go. I thought it was a sardine, but yeah, it's a cut tobacco. You're right, Andy. People are fucking these cans? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, they put the can straight through their dick. You pull the key out. Huh. And then... Yeah, it keeps it on one side. (laughs) I want to... I still... I I was trying to use the brake to Google geocaching, and I'm still none the wiser. I still want to know... where you... You meet someone in the woods... 
Yeah, you dig a box out of the ground. You get a you get a coordinates and you dig a box out of the ground. And you got to go on the dark web probably. I don't know about that part, but it started as the uh, only way to watch the Dark Knight Rises trailer. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's how you find find drugs in a country that's hostile to them. Yeah, in Belarus. I, on the other hand, I spent the break Googling cunnilingus. Uh, Little help, guys? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's um, C-U-N. Andy, I'm going to mail you a VHS tape. It's marked Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) But it ain't the cartoon. I mean, Andy, Matt, you guys host a science podcast. I think this is a big opportunity for you. This sounds like an episode to me. This is a teaching moment, yeah. Yeah. Can you geocache cunnilingus? <laughs> What's been going on on probably science lately? Has anything interesting? You, you guys, you guys are not the scientists on the program. We're not. Let's be clear. Andy's old college roommate sent a uh, sent a rocket into space recently. I'm sorry. Excuse <laughs> me. Yeah, I was uh, I was roommates with a much smarter person than I, who has gone on to an illustrious career with um, the Applied Physics Lab at Johns Hopkins, which is like the East Coast version of JPL. And they, in concert with NASA, have done a bunch of cool things. He worked on the Pluto, I think it was called New Horizons flyby, that took 10 years to get out to Pluto and sent us back the best pictures we've ever seen of it. And then just this past Tuesday, uh, he worked- I have seen some pretty fucking hot pictures of Pluto. (laughs) (laughs) That's because you got the wrong videotape at the store, right? Yeah. (laughs) No, Jesse, this is the space Pluto. Oh, got it. Got it. I thought it was the dog. Go ahead. The dog with the- Yeah. Um, a little pokey, but this uh, they said we so we sent a little pokey up into space. We meaning humanity, but uh, really, yeah. my friend Deepak Srinivasan and the good people at uh, APL and NASA. Uh, it's the first mission from the it's a, it's the first ever interplanetary defense mission. It's basically Armageddon or Deep Impact, depending on which one you like more. We're sending uh, this this rocket out to a, 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 a double asteroid system that's seven million miles away, and in a year, it's going to hit the smaller those two asteroids, and we're going to see how much we can change the path of that so we know in the future if we could actually redirect an asteroid that was headed towards our planet and save humanity. So that just launched on Tuesday. That fucking rules. Yeah, that's cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's worth pointing out as well, just in case anyone's confused, that uh, Andy's friend Deepak doesn't actually get on the rockets. He just like <laughs> okay. does the work in advance and sends it off. But like, he didn't he have to do a ride, tearful... He'd ride astride them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slim picking style. But but Aerosmith does the soundtrack to this, right? That's true. Yeah. My college roommate is is also cool. He takes a lot of uh, high-quality photographs of local wrestling in Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> they are nice photographs that Mike takes. A skilled photographer. He's into local wrestling. Like it is it like a gymna- like a high school gymnasium. <laughs> Oh, oh! For some reason, I was picturing local pro wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Local pro wrestling at a high school gymnasium or like a VFW hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're nice pictures. <laughs> Shout out to Mike Manuel, my that's... my roommate. I uh... <laughs> had had to buy pants to go to a wedding. Didn't have any. <laughs> He's a good dude. Not even like the ones that rip off and have like tassels on the back. <laughs> No, no, had none, nothing. Also, one time he punched a hole in the wall of the dorm, like not our inside our dorm, but just in the hallway. And then we all were like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do now? There's a, f- like, and we all just left. We're like, well, sorry, UC Santa Cruz, but we're not, you know, we're not going to cop to that. 
Uh, did Deepak Srinivasan ever do that, Andy? No, no wall punching that I remember. <laughs> did he ever send a rocket through any walls? Oh, man, probably. That was after I moved out, but yeah, most definitely. But so, Matt, you went to see the launch, right? I did. I did. You can, turns out you can just go, like you can't get that close to it because otherwise you catch fire. So they have like, you know, <laughs> they have. They give you one of those suits that stuff they wear. <laughs> <laughs> just everyone who watched the launch just runs around with their arms in the air. Off. <laughs> one guy gets the one that's actually for dogs instead. <laughs> like this was, for dogs that are on fire, man. I, I was thinking if you know the Rottweiler attacking you, but that also works. Oh yeah, oh, sure. Oh, dog. got it. Yeah. But okay. at the end of the launch, you're all uh, you're all qualified to work at the uh, Waterworld stunt show at Universal Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should have also said we watched it from a platform uh, 20 feet above a pool, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was like... Jet skis. <laughs> As it took off, we all backflipped. Bill and Ted were there. <laughs> so how... Where did... Did you go to like an official rocket watching place, man? No, no, no. So, so most of the launches are from Florida, but there's about... I'd say about a fifth of them, roughly, take off from a base in like... In California, not too far from Santa Barbara, just a bit further up the, it's the uh, Vandenberg. It's now it used to be Air Force Base, and now it's Space Force Base. Mm. Oh, and is it it's is it in wine country? Can you get a nice Pinot while here? You absolutely could. Yes, yeah, right up wow. that way. So you can and just uh, you can drive pretty close. You know, you can drive up to like a few miles away, and as you start driving up the road, there are viewing places, and we just got. I think we could have actually got a couple of miles for closer if we if we were a little bit bolder, but we were. It was getting close to the launch time. We didn't know we'd have a good vantage point. We just saw like about fifty to hundred cars parked along the side of the road at this at this sort of lookout point. So we just went, okay, this is clearly one of the spots. We got out there, and 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 then we weren't exactly sure exactly where to look. You know, we're trying to use Google Maps to go like, where's the actual launch pad? Which was the dumbest thing because it's very obvious where to look the second the thing takes off. <laughs> it's just sure, it's the rocket that you look toward the rocket. Yeah. yeah, I wonder where it is. Is it is it this way where the sky isn't entirely on fire, or is it hmm. to the left where the sky is yellow now? Um, but it's I highly recommend doing it. It's great. You know, it, it doesn't it just it goes up pretty quickly. It doesn't take very long, and then it you know it, then you see it sort of disappearing off into the distance, and then. And then you have a nice conversation with a man wearing a NASA T-shirt who tells you that he knows the height of all the astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Fuck that's yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, and, and we we tested him, and he was good for that. He he wow. was not lying. So it was it was altogether a really lovely evening. It was it was late at night. It was like um, it was like 10 p.m., which I think most of the like the launches happen at night because that's when space comes out. Right. And yeah, you, well, you don't want the rocket to fly right into the sun. <laughs> right. So that would be dangerous. You have to wait until nighttime when space is there. And yeah. that's when that launch happens. Yeah. You want to be able to fly to the moon, hit it in the eye, and kill a yeah. bunch of Martians with umbrellas. <laughs> Does like shit go down at the Sheraton afterwards? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I think we missed the cool after parties. It was hard to tell. I mean, we got the we got a semi cool after party, and that you know the conversation. Uh, he also knows the height of all the rockets, so right. Uh, <laughs> so he can correlate them as necessary. Did the, did you guys form a Belarusian thruple? <laughs> <Yes. laughs> well, he we certainly spoke the same language. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Space fandom. <laughs> <laughs> blaze and thrup, baby. Bla- you got a blaze and thrup. You got to you got to tooth it. <laughs> We're learning a lot on this show. What other former Soviet republics do you think uh, have Jordan Jesse Go listeners in them? Do you think there's anybody in the Ukraine listening to Jordan Jesse Go right now? Nice. 100%. 100%. You think 100%, Andy? I would bet anything you have Ukrainian listeners. There's no way you don't. That's a big enough country. In the Ukraine? Yeah, 100%. And they're Ukrainian. They have to be in the Ukraine and they can't be American expats in Ukraine. Uh, Oh, well, okay. Well, I'll still bet 100 bucks on it. Wow. They, I don't know how, how you this? disprove this. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, Andy, how about this? I'll allow, what if there is a Ukraine, they live, if it's an American who lives permanently in the Ukraine. So no people who are stationed in the Ukraine, right. no people who are just there because they work for an energy company and they're a geologist and they're going back to Dallas in two years. Right. I'm talking about people who have pulled up stakes and moved to the slightly unstable nation of Ukraine that's under threat of invasion at any time. And contains Chernobyl, yeah. Um, I can give numbers. Yeah, Brian. I can give numbers based on our last seven days of of downloads if you want actual numbers from this area. What's the word on the Ukraine, Brian? Uh, 17 downloads in the last seven days. Holy shit. That's that's 80, if I'm counting correctly, that's 85% of our total audience. We need to do more (laughs) Ukraine material. So yeah, I mean, I think we, but now we just need to know like what they're into, you know? Now we know. Besides geocaching, (laughs) blazing trees, and fuck vests. There's one download from the Republic of Moldova. Okay. Oh. Oh, no, that was me. (laughs) (laughs) just on your way through yeah i uh i don't like to podcast at home because it you know disturbs it disturbs the missus so i like to just go somewhere a little bit more peaceful right Mm -hmm. jordan jordan likes to go to one of those study rooms at the public library matt you go to moldova yeah it's kind of like a we Dora was booked (laughs) yeah also not sure if you guys know matt is dr doom uh, okay. Thanks, Andy. That clears a lot up. That clears a lot up. Uh, Listen, are you if you're in the Ukraine, Moldova with Latveria, Andy. Uh, I'm, wait, is this problematic now? I am not. Uh, I know, I know, but I'm saying uh, that I'm sort of equating. But All right. Andy is very racist against Latverians. <laughs> Everybody knows that about Andy Wood. Uh, there's, you know, they're not all Doctor Doom, Andy. Right. Okay. There's a lot of good I'm ones, sorry. too. <laughs> Sometimes Some simple sheep farmers. Right. Did Victor actually go to, uh, <laughs> did he finish his yeah. PhD? <laughs> that yeah. said, like 60% of them voted for Dr. Doom. So yeah. that, it's sort of on them. <laughs> like if you're not actively opposing Dr. Doom, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Right. But as Andy always says, some I assume are good people. Like, that's what he's... Yeah. <laughs> That's what he always yeah. says about, about Latverians. To be specific about Latverians, yes, yeah. Yeah, what do you get about people from Bizarro World, Andy? <laughs> you know about no thanks. I'm sick, sick of people from Earth 2 coming over into this dimension and taking our jobs. <laughs> sick of Batman's son you know, coming, <laughs> coming over here. Those lazy Melmachians coming down here. <laughs> 
eating our cats, <laughs> fucking our wives. <laughs> Jordan, you know how they say you say they say you can uh, flip a congressional seat. Mm-hmm. You don't run against the other candidate. You run against Mr. Mitsopitalek. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 206-984-4FUN, JJGO at MaximumFun.org, if you live permanently in a former Soviet republic. Um, and Andy, you, you're ready for 100 bucks? Oh, wait, I, I, you don't have to pay me. I only pay you if you can suddenly, if you can somehow disprove. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to pay no you. One. No. If a person, look, if a person calls in from the Ukraine, they live there permanently, I owe you $100. I'm sending that straight back to a Moldovan charity to make up for my... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if that happens, you owe $100 to a Moldovan charity. And if it doesn't, I owe $100 to to a Moldovan charity. That seems fair. Six weeks is the time frame, Brian. Produce this segment, please. Six (laughs) weeks and find out what a Moldovan charity is. Find out the top three and we'll pick amongst them. We'll bring Andy back on the show briefly. Uh, Probably Science is the name of Matt and Andy's podcast. Uh, Always a joy to talk to you guys. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having us. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, Jim Cameron, go fuck yourself. You know, our time actually means something. It has value. It's not just your fucking time. Just because the tides are right for you to go to the Marianas Trench. (laughs) By the way, uh, in the last presidential election... You could call it a protest vote, but I voted for Marianas Trench. <laughs> <laughs> what is, what are, what are you, are you putting something there? I don't know. Okay. Seems, <laughs> tired. seems like a green, green party candidate. Yeah. Yeah. I've been right. tired this whole time. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> Children. So hard being a parent. Uh, 206-984-4FUN JJGO at MaximumFun.org Andy Wood, Matt Kirshen they're the two of the co-hosts of the Probably Science podcast uh, our producer Brian Sunny D. Fernandez Valerie Moffat on the boards for the live stream uh, you can find us on Reddit at MaximumFun.Reddit.com you can find us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris and at Jesse Thorne uh, you can find your holiday gifts in your local bookstore where you can pick up a copy of Bubble. Uh, you can also find vintage treasures uh, at putthisonshop.com. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Our thanks to them. Uh, and we will talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.